Hello and welcome to the Make Dope Shit podcast. It's a series of interviews about making stuff. It's really that simple. Ultimately, I'm just sitting down with a bunch of artists and talking about their craft and whatever they do. Really, I just wanted an excuse to have these conversations with other artists, talk about what their process looks like, how they come up with ideas, how they do what they do and make whatever it is that they make and try and figure out some of the different techniques and motivations and ideas behind everything that they're doing. This episode is with Holden Mathis. Holden is a photographer, but he's done a variety of different things from playing music to drawing and, you know, all sorts of other stuff. He's also a friend of mine. We ran Heat Seeker Digital together, a production company where we made a variety of video and photo content. So for episode one of this podcast, it seemed there was no better fitting a first guest to sit down with. He sat down on his back patio to talk about drawing musical instruments, how light reflects off of the bottom of big cats to scatter light and disguise them in the forest. All sorts of real neat, neat stuff like that. Um, so yeah, you can check him out on social media at Holden.Mathis. And yeah, that's about it for the intro. So without further ado, my conversation with Holden Mathis. I just want to start off with like, what's up? What have you been up to? What are you working on? What are you doing? Dude. Uh, I've just been working. I've been, I've been, uh, working my, my non-exciting day job. And, um, yeah. Like <laughs> a, a devastating, a devastating quantity of, uh, of, uh, the disinteresting content I, I i like have not been doing uh much in in the realm of uh anything fun lately uh, well, what what have you been doing then outside of the um outside of the realm of work right like i mean bike rides or like what's the yeah i mean i've been riding my bikes um riding my bikes and uh you saw that did you see that did something come off that or... yeah they just those dudes just dropped a big sheet of metal off the back of their work truck. Oh, into the road. Oh shit! Yeah, it's just sitting in the street. Well, we'll have to. We'll we'll update. We'll have to recover. That. We'll update the the listeners later that'll on. Be a, that'll be happens. a footnote. Yeah, i've I've been, I've been uh you know do, doing the the grind the nine to five the yep. eight the eight to five. I've been uh really really uh reverting to my childhood desires and uh, playing a bunch of airsoft with. Uh, with Andrew, hell one of yeah. my housemates, um, and I tell you what, it's a hell of a good time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like my, I feel like I've been in like a degree of hibernation. Well, this may, this may politicize, but uh, I've been, <laughs> I've been building firearms. Hell yeah, hell yeah, and it's been very fun. Um, and honestly, one of the most fun parts, I've like painted all of them. Hell yeah. Uh, which has been really cool to do, just like masking and painting. Um, how like what's the what's the process? I have no idea what that so, is. So okay, like, so uh, yeah, one of the like original kind of like aspects of it is to like in in regards to like legitimate camouflage principles. One of the concepts is to like mimic uh, like big cats. Interesting. So, or like, I mean, if you look at like Coda right there, like oh. how her underside is like white and her top is, uh, is like the darker color. So like, yeah, the, 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 the principle is like the top of things. If you think of like cylinders, like the top of that cylinder is a darker color than the bottom. And so the bottom being lighter reflects more that bounces off the ground under it and like breaks up the lines of what that object is. So that's why, like, that's why, like, big cats and, like, dogs and, like, wolves and stuff have, like, you know, that, like, natural camouflage. Interesting. So, like, past that, um, just cool, like, you know, masking things and, like, doing cool little stripe designs and, like, splatters and stuff like that. It's fun. And hopefully soon, I mean, not hopefully, it's going to happen, but soon uh, I'll be painting a bike frame. Hell yeah. Not camouflaging it to be like a jungle cat. It yeah. It would be like uh, pink. But, you know, that's that's that. 
but yeah, that's been really fun. I mean, just like the the putting things together and customizing things and and building stuff and like making your like own iteration of something is very fun. Um, and I think that's honestly like one of the big things that's fun about like you know anything in that realm, like like guns or bicycles or cars or motorcycles or anything like that. Like getting to like make a new object out of these like yeah already existing parts you know um is cool and like making things work with different things like there's a lot of customization that goes like you may you may get a part and you may have to like drill a hole in something or like you know cut a hole in something or like add or remove parts from uh there are like sections of parts to make it work in the full system and that's like just a really fun process so then yeah i'll use that i guess as like a jumping off point um with with like you kind of doing some physical medium stuff um you know painting various various bits of uh of weaponry or or bicycles um like i kind of want to dig into i feel like you've done a bunch of different things outside of like just the realm of photography um like i know that you like did some like drawing and stuff in the past at like a level far higher than i I deem most people capable of. I know that like you drummed for a while. I know that you've like done a fair bit of writing. So like what um which like which came first or like what was the first thing that you um kind of delved into in in terms of an artistic uh venture? Uh I mean, I you could like go back into like if I still had access to them, you could pull like the notebooks that I had in like middle school and grade school and uh like me and like one of my best friends would just draw in like every margin of every page and like doodle and just everything from like cool like things we would make up for like lore for playground games to like just obscene like stupid shit um can I curse yeah oh, I don't okay. give shit okay yeah. um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I, I think probably drawing was definitely the first thing, uh, that like, it was just kind of always in the back of my head. Like we were just always doodling and drawing and stuff like that, but it was never really like a, like a, Oh, like I want to do art. Like I want to draw. Um, and what was the, like, was it just like you were bored and had an empty notebook or like, what was the thing that, that started it? Um, I mean, literally would just be like in school, like. I, I don't know, you know, I, I just like my, my, my mind points to like being, uh, just being in class, like being in, in, you know, f- fifth grade English or something and just like doodling stuff. And then like, you know, like I said, it was like a, a good friend of mine and I, and we would kind of like riff off of each other with that and like, just, you know sky's the limit we just keep drawing stuff um and like obviously i you know i went uh, went to high school took art classes in high school and like got a whole lot more serious with it um and like did some really 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 awesome projects when i was uh just like in high school um of course didn't didn't pull that into like college or like uh anything later on but yeah some some really really neat uh pieces that i was like super proud of just in different kinds of mediums i mean uh like pen and ink was really fun to do and like i I mean everything from like paper cuts like multi-layered like you know like images with like just like uh exacto out like patterns in construction paper Uh um to like did some sculpture like uh carving soapstone um just random stuff like that but i i think like just drawing in terms of like physical like you know making art uh was probably my my favorite like the the big the big one for me or at least the first big thing for me um but past that definitely music um mm. I, like i said like i mean you said i i played drums um and i was like hardcore on it for a while um all the way through high school through like most of college um and like you know i i would like be like a session drummer for like some bands here and there um and like did a a bunch of like jamming with with friends but um 
really just like mostly did it for myself like mostly just played drums because it was fun yeah like it's just i don't know it's cool like i i'd always like screwed around with a guitar a little bit and like you know i know some chords and like how to play a couple songs on a guitar but like drums was just so like i was completely self-taught i mean self-taught and youtube taught yeah and um just like loved it it was so it's so fun it's so fun and like gratifying and just like satisfying uh-huh. uh to play a set of drums and like kind of like know your way around a set and like how to get the right sounds out of things um so yeah definitely. so so i want to jump back to like some of the drawing stuff okay. um like when do you remember the moment or the thing that was like the jump from like doodles in the notebook to you know taking it a little bit more seriously and doing things at more of a project level you know like what the the impetus of that was probably i mean honestly it would probably just be like when it when i was able to take like at the point in high school where you get to pick electives and you get to just like a class and you get to say like oh i want to take art class and and we had an art teacher um again me and me and this one same close friend um we ended up going to the same high school and um we had this one art teacher who like saw that we had like a, a pretty solid aptitude for, for art and um, pretty much just kind of gave us free reign to do like whatever we kind of like, we would have to do projects on the same timeline as the rest of the class, but we could pretty much do whatever we wanted. So we got a lot of creative freedom in that. And uh, it was really cool to like, you know, still be working on that timeline and still have to like, you know, make progress on something in a class we could just go dick off um but have that like oh we don't have to draw you know 13 spheres shaded from different angles like you know as if light hitting them from different angles yeah stuff like yeah. that um so, all of the like exercises and, yeah like, exactly yeah. like like there's a little bit of that at the start and then you know really kind of like getting the keys to doing whatever you want was was really really cool um I would say that's probably kind of like the big um, tipping point. And like that kind of bleeds into when I started picking up a camera more seriously too. Cause like that same year uh, I, I, you know, took a photography class under that same uh, art teacher. Okay. Um, Interesting. And that's probably like, I'd always kind of like putzed around with cameras. Like my dad had like this little like, heavy duty not heavy duty but like this little like bomb proof like pentax digital camera um but i can i don't know i can i can shelve that and and get that out later um yeah well i i do want to get into that um but like with since it was under the same teacher did you notice like did you get that same free reign in photography class or did that teacher make you like you know do the studies um so the structure of that class was a little bit different in that it wasn't like explicit. I mean, it, inherently with photography, it's not going to be like, okay, everybody go take a picture of the same building or the yeah. same tree. Go take a picture same... of the same sphere. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it would be like, you know, bring me, you know, uh, a contact sheet of, um, you know, these four principles like five shots each of these like four print like leading lines or or um you know like backlighting or just anything like that um and in in that like there is kind of like an inherent like built-in amount of flexibility and freedom because like Mm -hmm. yeah you have to capture those those principles but like you know you know you can look around right here where we are and see like fucking 13 examples of yeah. lines or you know xyz and so we could have like five different kids in that class in here and like you know maybe some people would take the same pictures of things because they'd see someone else taking a picture of it but like you know there's a lot of like opportunity for different you know work so kind of yes and no um if that makes sense yeah but no it, like yes but more due to the structure of the class yeah due to the yeah teacher kind of giving you the freedom with some of the like the drawing and stuff like that was there anything that like any principles that you saw kind of carrying over to how you would like compose photos did you think about that at all or was it just like kind of a totally different like way of thinking for you i mean it's different because it's 
complete like withdrawing it's like completely constructive mm -hmm. unless you're like redrawing an image that exists you know um but with photography like it's kind of similar to like what i was saying with like working on cars or motorcycles or bicycles or guns or xyz you're working with things that already exist mm -hmm. and like you're you're mm -hmm. you're putting something together with things that are already like available um so, so, so with then, then I'll, I've got kind of a two part question here. Um, but I guess with, if you were to draw something like, let's say a uh, house, because we're looking across the street at the house, yeah. um, uh, like where, what's the process? Like, what's the starting point of that? If like, you've got the idea of like, oh, I want to draw a house and that's kind of the only idea you have, like, where do you expand or, or take that from there? Um, I mean, if you were going to like sit down and like draw a house right now and not, and I guess I'm going to, I'm going to frame the question a little bit, not in a like, oh, I'm going to architecturally draw something because it needs to be like planned and rigid and da -da -da, yeah. but like, you know, not like an architectural sketch, like a, like yeah. a, like a, a, a drawing of that house for like art value. Yeah. Like a creative expression. Um, regardless perspective lines like you you would still like find like a like a like a quote like vanishing point in the photo or in the photo in the in the in the image um what's I mean, a defined vanishing point i for mean me? honestly in the photo like you take take a photo of the house that you're gonna draw and like have it as a reference so yeah. you can so you have a single like rigid locked in kind of reference point um so vanishing point would be like if you look so since it's a cube if like if a if a building is a cube and you look at it in at any angle, if it's three D, like you're those lines aren't going to be straight, like in your in your field of view. Like everything mm -hmm. has an angle. So like the four corners of like this house over here, those points, like if you're looking straight at it and you like drew a line from the like front corner of the roof to the back corner of the roof mm -hmm. and the front corner of the ground and the back corner of the ground and sent it all the way back there would be a point in your like visual in your view where those lines would intersect oh, okay gotcha. that is a vanishing point gotcha. so that like that like helps to like make sure that your house doesn't look like some like stupid postmodern like collapsing <laughs> building thing. yeah yeah um that's really all the vanishing point is and like so a house kind of like makes it kind of difficult because the scale is so large but like mm -hmm. i mean think of like you know a picture of like a like a milk carton on a table mm -hmm. and like those sides that are going to be facing away from you are going to carry those like vanishing point lines as like how the perspective and these like uh angles are presented gotcha so that's like a really easy way to also just set the rest of the scene because like oh mm -hmm. you might have to like sketch in the sidewalk or yeah you know there's gonna be like you know the driveway behind that house. you're kind of laying out the structure yeah exactly the, the, the bounds in which you're going to be working within almost yeah and it yeah exactly it kind of like sets a boundary to make sure that you're putting something together that will be cohesive and make sense mm -hmm. in like the grand scheme of what the image is okay and then so what's like what's past that like after you've you've got kind of the structure and the bounce um, you know the the general perspective like what's what's next on and let's go from a house to a milk carton i like the milk carton example yeah so i mean really just like course to find so like you know you'd sketch in a cube and that would be like the body of the milk carton and then you sketch in like that little peak thing on the top and then the little like little flappy mohawk thing that's on the top of the milk. Um, and so you've got like all of your shapes there. And then maybe you, um, you know, you're like, okay, which side of the milk carton is this? Is like the front side that's got like the branding or the logo or whatever. And maybe you sketch in a logo or uh, maybe it's the side that's got like a picture of a missing person. <laughs> and, uh, and you say, where are the bodies, Garth? Yep. Um, Shout out Garth Brooks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like as, as like rudimentary as it sounds, it's literally just like course, course to find. And I would say like, you know, you get all of the like strongest, like heaviest, biggest details first, and then you like whittle your way down to the fine details. So if you think of it, like the difference between like, you know, like a rough little picture of like a milk carton versus like some like hardcore realist 
you know, sketch of, of a milk carton. Yeah. It's just going to be like, you know, how much time is spent. The level and, of detail. And the level of detail. And so, like, you know, at one point, you know, the, like, little bar napkin sketch and the, like, super, like, hardcore realist sketch are going to look pretty damn similar. Yeah. It's just that the hardcore realist sketch is going to go umpteen more degrees to, like, yeah. get the, you know, the detail and the shading and the, like, the shadow that's being thrown by it and, you know. So then if, if to to take that thought, right, of, like, you know, technically speaking, if you had, assuming you had the skill set, right, you could just spend a near infinite amount of time detailing something to, to get it to that point. Um, like what are, I guess, once you have like the basic, like course details roughed in, like what are kind of the, the first, let's say three things that you're looking at to, to get it to a level of detail where you're, um, like what are the first things that you're doing that once you've done them, you take a step back at it and look and go like, okay, is this done? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Does that question? Yeah. So make it look like it's actually you want it to look like it exists actually in a space. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, unless you're making, I mean, that's, that's yeah. kind of the freedom with like drawing it, but like, you know, let's, let's assume, say, yeah, let's, let's assume, yeah. let's assume you, you make that it, decision. Yeah. Let's assume you want it to sit on a table or like, it's just sitting on like a flat surface, you know, you want like, you want it to look cohesive and that it's, you know, you want, you want the four corners of the bottom to look, you know, level and, and like flat on the surface that it's sitting on, mm -hmm. you know, you want the like shadow to look proper around it. So like, you know, if you look at anything that's like got a shadow around it, like look under Coda's tail, mm -hmm. it's like super, super dark right under her tail. And like that, that kind of hard outline, like is kind of all around her. Um, whereas if you were like blast a light, you'd be like, oh, that's actually not dog hair. It's like, you know, the shadow being tossed by, uh -huh. um, and then, you know, light. So like, is, is a shadow getting thrown one way? If the shadow is getting thrown to the left, the right side of that object should be the brightest part of it. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, that kind of ties into like making it cohesive and making it look like it actually yeah, fits. Yeah. And where but it lighting is. being a big component of yeah, like the environment. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, lighting, even in like drawing it, like having it look like it, like I said, just like exists logically, uh -huh. which is like silly because it's like drawing and it can be as illogical as, as you want it to be. Yeah. But like, you know, again, like for like this, this milk carton perspective thing. Um, yeah. Just making it look like it exists true to form. Mm -hmm. um, and like one thing that uh, like this, one of these art teachers I had in, in, in uh, high school um, always said, and dude, this guy was awesome. He was a, uh, he was an ex green beret. He was like, I swear to God, he was like five feet tall. And like on the first day of class, he would go out and like hand us out like uh, pencils and uh, our like block eraser. And he would do this crazy thing where he would like take the eraser and he would like look like if I'm if, if you're like way over here, he would like take the eraser and he would go like. And it would fly over his shoulder like right to you. And he would just be like. And it would just like somehow do that and he would do it like to the whole class and he would just throw them across the classroom and he was like the most like soft-spoken like kind like just nice dude mm -hmm. but like you just you just know that this man had probably done some obscene things in the jungle <laughs> yeah. um god yeah mr connell was the man uh anyways but one of the big things he 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 taught and like tried to drive into our minds and like the first couple of classes was like get your mind's eye to stop thinking of things not realistically. So like, you know, if you picture a Christmas tree in your head, mm -hmm. is it just like a triangle with like a little star on top mm -hmm. or like, is a, is like a heart, like is a human heart, just like the little like heart shape mm -hmm. or is it like, you know, those, weird thing with the valves and you know yeah, uh, yeah. And the actual organ the detail um, yeah exactly um and that was a big thing is like getting your mind's eye like thinking of something and picturing the real to life like iteration of that item uh is 
a huge like it was like a huge kind of like mm-hmm. thing to drive home and and like keep in mind almost um, like seeing how much detail you can add in your head before you then yeah exactly put it on paper. yeah just seeing like thinking of something in your head as like real as it is or, or like in the realest way that uh, that you can um is like huge to like just that planning process <laughs> yeah i just that that was uh that is like always stuck in my head as a something that he he taught in that class so um okay so then to to take that to another angle um or or actually here i have a question on that like at what at what point if um because we when we were talking about like the milk carton for example um we were keeping it bounded pretty in reality um and like on the uh um on that note of like um, stop imagining what was it stop imagining things in your mind as uh it was it, it's it's more just like like training i don't re- i mean i don't remember the exact exact uh verbiage but it, it's like training your mind's eye to like see things how your real eye would see it okay to, so to see things how your real eye would see it so at what point when you're drawing something if it is not bound if what you're drawing is not bound by reality in certain aspects like how do you how do you determine what needs to be bound right by reality and what shouldn't be does that make sense i mean i've i feel like that that gets to a to a level where it can be kind of like personal and like you mm-hmm. know however you interpret it but at least on 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 my side it's like yeah give, give your personal starting starting at that point regardless of like Okay, let's start at like what the photoreal, like actual physical appearance of that item is, mm-hmm. and then like deconstruct it mm-hmm. and use that as like a starting point to say, oh, if this is what the real life version is, like I want this, you know, not real. I want this like heavily fictional version to, you know, have XYZ components changed. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you want to do that milk carton but you want it to look all like you know cartoony and skewed and and weird like like kind of like like a like like bouncing almost Mm -hmm. and you'd say okay instead of those walls instead of those like corner or like those edges of the carton being straight you know they're all kind of like tucked in or twisted a little bit Mm -hmm. and so you're still working with um you know maybe you're still working with with uh like one maybe you're still working with like one vanishing point for the bottom and maybe you take that top piece and you shift the vanishing point a little bit so that like the top and bottom level of the uh like milk carton are like twisted Mm -hmm. and then it like leads how drawing those lines for like the sides of the milk carton and like all of that stuff i feel like that uh kind of is in my mind, how I would see it, you know, you like start at that, at that starting point of like what it truly is mm-hmm. and then like deconstruct it from there. You kind of pick and choose what details you want to like manipulate or, or yeah. change. And like, I mean, I think what's interesting about that is that it is all in, in context of reality, right? And yeah. Like if you're looking at, at a drawing or a painting or anything, um, you know, whatever you're looking at, unless it's something like super weird and abstract is probably going to be grounded in the viewer's idea of reality so i guess starting from there and then kind of seeing how far away you can get and still maintain the idea of what you're trying to draw i guess if that makes sense yeah Hmm. um okay so then then on the same same subject then you've got a milk carton let's imagine you're in a you know big fancy studio or whatever how do you how would you go about photographing a milk carton to make it look cool as shit and uh, and again don't i don't want it to be bound by like you know it has to be some product photo that's you know kind of similar to how we were talking with the architectural design like it doesn't have to be technically right like just how would you photograph it or how would you what does your process look like to photograph it? yeah i mean that's i feel like like thinking about that I, 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 my mind immediately just goes to like product photography. Yeah, yeah. Product photography. Where's the, where's the, the fog machine and the strobe lights and the, I, I don't know. I, 
Well, then, yeah, let's uh, we can do it in the context of product photography. Like, what's um, what's the first thing that you're going to think about in that process? Lighting. Lighting. Again, yeah. similar to... Always lighting. Yeah. Similar I, to drawing. I mean, yeah. If, if you're going to, like, do a picture of something in a studio, lighting. Yeah. Um, well, and it's the thing that I think is interesting is that with drawing, it is step one of, uh, you know, get this thing in your mind's eye the way it really is. And step two is kind of set the the structure and the bounds which you know i guess there's probably other components to it but like lighting being a pretty prominent one and yeah in ph photography it's like well you can't you don't need your mind's eye it's there you physically yeah exactly and then step two is lighting. And, and if it's you know? i mean and like maybe your mind's eye thing plays in differently if you're photographing something out in an environment mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. you know um doing more like practical set design or something like that but if it's if if you've just got like you know, uh, like a like a a seamless backdrop, mm -hmm. and you've got a milk carton, and you just got to take a picture of that, and you just put it there at the angle that you need to capture. You know, if we're talking about product photography, you know what what side or sides of the milk carton need to be shown? Like mm -hmm. what portions of that content do you like? What what portions of that product do you need to see? And then you just light it. You get it lit properly. And you light it more than you think you need to because yep. because it's way easier to work with more light yep. than yep. less. Yep. Okay, so yeah, we just, uh, we, we took a break, made some coffee. Shout out to uh, to Deeper Roots, who has been involved in our creative endeavors probably more than they know. Yeah, honestly. Wow, yeah, that's hilarious to think. <laughs> On like, many different levels. Yeah, they're, they are the gas. Yeah. They are the gas. Son of a bitch, I got my cable. Um... Okay, so we were talking about drawing. Um, Mark came and confirmed that the first step of drawing a uh, a milk carton after you get the structure and stuff. The missing is, child. Is the missing child. Um, yeah, let's talk about photography for a little bit. So, like, when um, when was the first time that you, like, touched a camera that you can remember? Um, with any, like, capacity of understanding... And like effort to compose something, I have like vivid memories. So, so my dad used to have this little like Pentax, like adventure camera, and it was really small. Like it's probably like the size of like one of those Sony's or like the Rico. Uh huh. But it had this little like plasticky like armory shell around the corners of it, and it was waterproof. Um, and it was not by any means a nice camera, but it had all these cool little modes on it. Like it had the little miniature mode and like all the different like shooting, shooting modes, um, was not at, in any way like a manual control camera. Uh, but we used to go to the Florida Keys, uh, with like some people on my dad's side of the family and we'd go snorkeling and like shout out Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> yes. And like lobstering and like. Just like screwing around, like on the just at like docks and beaches and seeing iguanas and all this kind of shit, all this cool stuff. Um, and man, I remember like one of these trips, I had that camera like glued to me, and I I do not, I can't remember how old I was. I, I would say I was probably in like seventh or eighth grade. Uh, and man, like yeah, just like I have like a vivid, vivid, vivid memory. I wonder if I could dig this photo up in any way. It might be like. I wonder if it's like in the annals of my Facebook or something uh, of like a little like rusty ass Hot Wheel car that I just found there on the on like somewhere. And when I was this, by the way? Like what? How old were you? What? Oh, like I, was, like I said, it was probably like seventh or eighth grade. OK. I Yeah. I don't know what what the age is of that. But either way. um, And yeah, I just remember like carrying around that little Pentax action camera like the whole time I was there. And like just taking pictures of random stuff, um, and like that, yeah, that's that's probably that that comes to mind the first time that I was like intentionally using a camera. Do you remember your your thought process in any of the photos at all, or were you just like pointed at stuff? And um, I mean, like I said, like I found like a little like Hot Wheel car on the ground that was like kind of rusted and worn out, like it had been exposed to salty air and stuff like that. And I remember putting it on something, whether it was like a picnic table or a, just the ground or something, and taking a picture of that. Because um, I was like, oh, this thing looks cool. Like, look at the texture on the, like, paint of this and X, Y, Z. Um, so that was definitely, I, I felt like 
in my mind, that was like a, a time where I was like intentional about using a camera. Mm. Um, I, real creative process, probably not yeah. like, you know, but you know, like I said, like actually picking up a camera and using it, like taking, taking some random, like probably terrible pictures of like coral reefs under the water and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that was probably the first time in my mind. And then, so what was the, like the jump from like, oh, you've got this little camera that you're, you know, kind of taking around in, in Key West to like doing it more, more seriously. Just so, I, I mean, after that, I really didn't, cause I didn't have like a solid camera in any capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what happened to that little Pentax. I would be curious to see if still like lingering around at my dad's or something see if you can um, dig it up and that'd be really cool. shoot some stuff on it that would be really cool honestly i would love to do that do some street uh, photography it'd be, with a hell of an, it'd be a hell of an action camera um but anyways yeah i, I you know i took uh I, I mentioned earlier i took photography in high school um i took two classes and that was probably uh, i took two classes and i got my first actual camera uh, for Christmas, one of those years, and it was it was like a Nikon like D fifty one hundred, so like a crop sensor, mm-hmm. just digital like you know however many like small megapixels, um, camera, and uh, you know but it had removable lens and had like full manual controls and all that stuff, and I ran that like all the way into uh, college and like through my time interning at city beat and all that stuff was that the same camera that was like some of the stuff we did the early heat seeker shit on no okay no i had gotten i had i had upgraded at that point um i think because i i thought we did a couple of things wait and then like no no you're right you're right i think because like i remember the, you getting the one i think i think upgrading. like the first fight we shot uh-huh yeah because i think the second one i was like oh i'm nervous i got this new camera oh <laughs> um yeah no i think you're right yeah i it's definitely funny. use that a little bit which is hilarious i mean and it does the job it's fine um if you know how to process stuff the right way like i've had plenty of things published by city beat yeah on that camera um but i think the big jump in in seeing that it was something that i enjoyed and like you know like framing and and um composing stuff was like i said like taking those classes in high school um and then after i took those in high school i kind of fell back out of it um, in terms of like frequently, you know, just like getting reps in, um, and then, you know, I was in school, I, you know, started out at UC kind of bumbling around different majors and like not really knowing what I was going to do. Um, and I, you know, I had the camera and I still took pictures of stuff, but not quite passionately, I guess, just not very heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So what, um, do you have like a favorite thing to shoot? Like, what do you, what do you want to shoot more of? Cause like, I know up at the, at the top of this conversation, you said you've been, you know, busy doing a lot of work and stuff, but like, what's something that you would want to do, do more of in an ideal, ideal scenario? So honestly, I, the thing that's been in my mind as of late and I, I haven't really like actualized it. Like also I have just not been picking up a camera much besides like oh like the light looks cool like hitting this area at this time of day and just like snap a little picture of it i i still like just absolutely nerd out like i'm a slut for light it's so it's just so neat like it's like probably like my favorite thing mm-hmm. um but uh like this is kind of like higher level so it's i haven't really been thinking of things like very granularly but like getting to like be able to like help craft like a like a brand or style and mm-hmm. like capture kind of like what that looks like mm-hmm. uh has been in my mind do you lot. have a particular like industry or like like you know like a clothing brand or like a like motive like anything in mind you that, know that sticks out not really um honestly not really i, I i'm i'm kind of like open you know like yeah gutter cleaning products probably not like you know (laughs) that kind of thing but yeah i i don't know i'm kind of 
like I said, it's been so like high level and not like granular enough that I've been like pretty ambivalent and like just kind of what what types of interested. things do you think you would want to capture to 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 get that brand essence or whatever um, whatever the term is you want to use? You know, I love like it would be so cool, and I think this kind of like harkens back to like I've I've always been into like the outdoorsy stuff, mm-hmm. so like you know like gear would be awesome, mm-hmm. like getting to be like oh let's take like let's take this like climbing harness and this jacket and backpack and like get it dirty as shit and you know throw it out in the field in like a pile of like you know rocks or in some you know something mm-hmm. um and get some like cool like environmental like use case photos of stuff like that mm-hmm. um that's that's very cool to me and like i've got an uncle that uh does like that same thing mm-hmm. uh right now he like pretty much runs uh brand like visuals for um i mean he's done stuff for like a lot of outdoors uh brands and like that's always been something i've like hugely looked up to he's always been like a huge kind of um inspiration in terms of like career path and so on um so yeah i mean like you know i say out like really i'm kind of open to all kinds of stuff i think like just like gear and that kind of thing is very cool or like or like you know kitchen stuff like Mm -hmm. you know like get a messy ass kitchen where you've just like made a bunch of food and you've got like like the one that's 10 feet behind us yeah. basically yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah you know that kind of thing uh-huh. So, uh-huh. uh very cool to me um but yeah you know i'm at this point i'm just like very like i said high level i've not given enough thought to it at any like mm-hmm. you know really really like detailed uh point you're just kind of letting the idea marinate a faster, bit. Yeah. faster yeah yeah um okay i'm trying to think if i've got um oh uh i guess if you're out like doing doing street photography or even if you're like let's say out on a on a shoot for like an outdoor brand um you know doing some lifestyle stuff like what um what do you look for I know that's a very vague, broad question, but like I'm wording it that way intentionally. Um, so there is in in like um in like photojournalism, there is a uh like a big term that uh like every photojournalism student will always hear. And it's from a photographer named Henry Cartier Brousseau. And it is um, the decisive moment. Um, And I feel like I always, in the back of my mind, look for that. And, like, that's kind of, you know, I, I like, really got my teeth sharpened, like, shooting event coverage and stuff like that. How would you you define that? Like, how do you know what to look for when you're looking for the decisive moment? You you don't. (laughs) You know, like, it's, it's dependent upon, like the environment and the situation and like context to, to what's happening. Well, here, here's maybe a better question to ask you. What's an example of a photo that comes to mind that you've taken that you feel has captured that? Um, so one, one, uh, big one that just pops to my mind. Uh, I was shooting the, um, I was shooting, uh, 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 the pride festival uh here in cincinnati a couple of years ago when i was with city beat and there was uh like this big like i don't remember who it was branded by or whatever there was this like big installment of like this crazy like tricycle thing that had a trailer and like this big banner and just like tons of people around uh and there was there was a person in drag and they were like just like crazy makeup like gorgeous outfit just like really beautiful textures and so on and uh there was like like some families and like i want to say there was like you know some like some like little kids around and like uh this person was just like throwing this like fucking baller pose Mm -hmm. in front of this like big tricycle thing and i got a picture of that and like just the way that like the light is and like the way that like the the crowd and like the environment is layered Mm -hmm. um and like people like giving attention to this to this person uh i felt like was like a really just like ideal 
like really distinctly captured uh like instance of just like that whole thing um and i thought that was really cool and i like that just always sticks in my head like uh i think that will like remain indefinitely in my uh like front page of my portfolio because mm-hmm. of just i don't know it's just really sharp to me it's like drilled into my mind um but you know it could be anything like you know you could be just earlier you know we saw that car drive by and like the kids stopped and like rolled his windows down and like took a picture of mark's car like mm-hmm. you could get a you could get like a decisive moment picture uh-huh. of, like that kid just like you're you're down there you get like a three-quarter view of mark's car and you get that kid like wide angle off to the side just like gawking mm-hmm. um and i would you know i would say that like in some level kind of falls into that into that category is it um is it something that you in the moment you know you've captured it or is it something that you find when you're looking back through stuff I think it can be both I definitely think that I have seen I definitely think I've seen some images after I've taken them where I've been like wow like I missed this little thing happening in one side of the frame or like you know a lot of like uh like fight photos i feel like that's one where you're just like you are running gun yeah, like, you don't have the time fire. to try and find yeah like, you can't like you're you're like okay framing that's it framing focus and that's it yeah it's and you're taking, uh, well it's a sport that's so like yeah on the edge of something of that just like that decisive moment in a in a fight oh my god i've got another one any point in time yes you know? i i have another one that is like hardcore hardcore ultimate like textbook decisive moment um oh this is awesome okay so uh back when i was in college uh at uc we went to the trek cyclocross world cup in uh wisconsin at trek hq and the uh i I was racing downhill one day at like a place about 30 45 minutes away and then uh cyclocross racing at trek hq like the whole rest of the weekend um met gary fisher there legendary such a cool experience um saw all kinds of crazy stuff crazy circuit like the course was absolutely wild beautiful beautiful dry dusty like you know warmish weather um a certain person who was uh a half of a pair of twins who was not legal at the time got shit housed um but decides shout out we and uh if if this bill if this individual is listening, and we know that you are, um, I don't know. I don't know what to say past that, but we'll just say Bill. What up? Shout we'll just out, say Bill. Shout out, uh, shout out, Bill. Shout out, Bill. Um, but uh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Ellen uh-huh. was racing, and there was a uh, like this one place where there's like a there was like a right hand turn, I think, and it and it like hits the bottom and it comes up a hill. And oh, in, I think I know the photo that you're talking and about. And in her race, uh, there was a pile up of people, and she she had to dismount, and she like made it around it and got ahead of this pile up. And I have just this like awesome shot of her running, like pushing her bike, running up the hill with this like just clusterfuck pile of of wrecked bikes and people behind her, and she just has the biggest shit eating grin on her face. And like if that. The only thing that could have made that more cyclocross is if it was 40 degrees and, like, muddy <laughs> yeah. and snowing outside. And um, an awful experience. Yeah, but that that is, like, absolute ideal. You know, just, like, capturing the, like, full, just unmolested essence of, like, what that environment and situation and, like, time and place was. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely that, yes. Is there anything that you do? Because you've done... Um, I guess for those who don't know, which is probably anybody listening, because I don't think we talked about it, um, but you've, or maybe we touched on it a little bit, but, uh, you know, did some photojournalism stuff in school, did a lot of like event coverage. Is there anything in particular that you will like find yourself gravitated towards at an event when you're trying to find those kind of moments or what, like, is there an energy that you can follow? Is there a, like, what's, I guess, how do you choose to, look for that moment or or position yourself to be in the right place because i think that that's a lot of it right is that you just kind of have to be in the right place at the right time a little bit 
um yeah and be prepared for it but like that's definitely a big part of it um you know with with a with like the event coverage stuff there's always sort of like a checklist of of like kind of things you want to get you know you want to see the you want big pictures of the space you want mm-hmm. you know tighter details of of things happening in the space you want to see the people there you want to see like a sense of scale and that kind of thing but you know there's there's not in my mind like and of course it changes you know it, it changes completely like if you're going if it's something like a like a food festival um you know, maybe you stand around if you see a food vendor that's got just a line that's, you know, just overshadowing every other place around it. And you just hang out there for a little bit and you see what they're what they're dishing out. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've got some dude in the tent who's like slinging a walk the size of like a car tire. Mm-hmm. And he's like got fire licking up over the edges of the pan and he's like flinging shit in the air and stuff like, you know, maybe that's that maybe that's what you're chasing or like. Maybe I'm shooting Danger Wheel and like you've got some dude flying down the hill and like racing leathers on a like an adult big wheel trike. <laughs> and like, it, you know, it, it, it varies by what the event is and what the, you know, it, it depends on the context of where you are. I, I don't think that there is really any necessarily decisive way to lock in on like where you need to be or what you need to look for in any given place to capture that kind of thing you just you know keep your head up move fast press the shutter button a lot you know take a lot of pictures i I swear like when i would go when i would go to any single given event an event event like not just like capturing a space or Mm -hmm. like a restaurant or something like that i mean i'm taking like three to five hundred photos mm-hmm in just like one event and then just whittling down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of the way of the road. Like that's, yeah. I think that's how it goes with anything is that like, yeah. if you, yeah, I mean, if you need, uh, I mean, to talk, you know, Rick Rubin in the creative act book, he talks in that like, oh, do you need 40 songs or do you need 10 songs and make 40? Yeah. You know, like that kind of yeah. stuff. I think that that's kind of how it goes with, with any, anything you're doing. Yeah. Um, with those like photos, like the two examples you gave or any others that come to mind, um, did you, do you feel like you were, um, cause I noticed you mentioned like, you know, keep your head up and move fast. Do you feel like you were at those events when you got those shots moving from spot to spot more in search of it? Or do you feel like you were sitting in a spot waiting for it? Um, it kind of varies, you know, I, at, at pride. I was definitely kind of like meandering around and like taking the place in and like a lot of those things where you where you don't necessarily have like a time limit. I think there's something to be said about spending some time kind of wandering around and getting your bearings and seeing what is happening at a place or an event Uh and like kind of getting a sense of like sort of like a heat map of things and seeing like where people are focused, what's happening, where the activity is. Exactly. Um, And like you never know, like maybe maybe one of the big things to show is that something there is being neglected like mm-hmm. maybe there's maybe there's a tent or table or a group of people that there ain't shit there mm-hmm. you know there's nothing happening and maybe that's telling um or you know like at a cyclocross race especially at like the trek world cup you know huge course uh, a lot of features a lot of opportunities to get really cool shots of things you know, you got to, I would say you spend some time in each place, but you got to move kind of fast. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that corner where I got that picture of Ellen, you know, hang out there for a bit, get some shots of people passing on a lap or two, move to a different spot um, and get some pictures of Ben Horn jumping a cyclocross bike somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I Again, you know, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm defaulting to this over and over. I feel like it it depends on the event and it uh-huh. depends on the context of what you're doing. But I I think ultimately like getting a real like sense of like where you are, like getting your bearings and kind of understanding, like I said, kind of like a heat map of like where yeah. what what the place is and what the event is and and uh getting the structure. Getting place. yeah, getting a structure and having kind of like a map in your head of like 
okay, maybe I'm going to take like a meander around at first and just, you know, use that as the opportunity to get like the bigger shots that show the space, show the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're, when you're doing that and when you're looking for like those spots, are you looking for, for composition or are you looking for activity? Uh, maybe a little both. Um, you know, I would say maybe primarily activity to be like, okay, this, this place has like potential to be, you know, uh, like a, like a little bit of a treasure trove. Right. Uh, But then, you know, it passed that. I would say that in terms of like event coverage, the thing that matters more is getting the activity. Yeah. From, from a perspective of like a, from a journalistic perspective. And, and, you know, I say that lightly, like journalistic doesn't have to mean like it's, it's getting published somewhere. It doesn't have to mean that you're shooting on behalf of a paper or a magazine or a web publication, Mm -hmm. just from the perspective of like capturing information and like capturing that and relaying it and, 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 you know, getting it in a way that is um, able to like accurately convey what's actually happening or, or um, conveying a process. I would say that the the activity is more important than the composition. So you find where the activity is and the composition is something that you have to work with in that kind of confine. Yeah. You have to, to figure out how to make that work. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't have the luxury of like in product photography, right? You don't have the luxury of a backdrop and lighting and yeah. Framing the object. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, even, or like even just like street photography or something, you know, it's uh, the exact opposite probably. Yeah. At least in my mind, like if I'm going to go out and shoot street photography, I like, I feel like you focus a lot on people and on, on my end, I focus a lot on like structure and shape and light and like texture. Um, so I'm like always looking for like patterns or nice shapes and lines and stuff. And I activity and people kind of is second to me and like yeah. composition is more what I pay attention to. Hmm. Um, so then when you're um when you're out like at an event or like well let's let's kind of keep it in the context of event because I think street photography will give a little bit different of an answer yeah um that I'm curious about but um when you're in an event and you're you know let's say you're in a space you've kind of identified the activity and, and you're shooting in a location for a little bit um or you're shooting in a couple of different locations like how are you thinking about composition like do you are you just kind of winging it on what looks good there are you like are there key ideas that you'll try and like look for and, and see if they fit or like, what does that process look like for you? Um, I mean, to a degree, there is some winging it. Cause like I said, it like the composition is sort of like secondary to, yeah. to the, like the information gathering of like showing like what's happening, but you know, like really elementary, you know, straight frames, rule of thirds, like that kind of thing, especially for like the, like the air quote journalistic stuff. Um, you know, make sure you're capturing that, that like sense of scale, right. And the sense of perspective properly. And, and you're, you know, you don't have, uh, I'm a big stickler for like trying not to like cut people's like tops of heads or feet off. Uh, like I try to, I like try to do what I can to like capture full body when I can and, and that kind of thing. So I photos ruined by that. Like where it just, I can't see anything other than the fact that I've like cut something out of the frame and I'm like, well, that's it. Yeah. that photo can't use that one yeah um honestly like that's that's probably the big things and then past that like if you have like something cool in the shot that you can frame through or you know maybe you catch maybe you catch something happening like over someone's shoulders like that's that's always Mm -hmm. really cool to capture and um you know i i i think a lot of the like the like the compositional components when I think back to just some of the like more exciting events that I've shot is like people reacting mm-hmm. to things as like a big compositional component as like a, like it's like texture in a background. Yeah. Like, like you've that. got the subject, but then there's also like yeah. some context to the yeah. subject. And then there, there's people like hands up screaming or like, you know, some like dude with like a beer in his hand or, you know, something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. But, um, yeah, I, I would say it really like it's 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 like a lot more in my mind like elementary in terms of like the like the, the like the journalism y stuff where it's, you know, make sure you're capturing that information properly and like mm-hmm. get that, you know, get the like foundational rules of composition good. Um and like make sure stuff is lit well. Like honestly, lighting, 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 yep. lighting, lighting, lighting. It's um, the secret is I've I've had a couple people ask me like 
we were like say things of like, oh, I'm, you know, I've got a camera. I'm thinking about shooting X, Y, or Z, or whatever. I go, just look for light. Yeah. It's all you really got to do. Yeah. Like anything past that doesn't matter, especially if it's just for you. You know, if you're not like photographing for you know, like product photography or like an event for somebody, you know, if you just go shoot light, you'll just shoot point a camera at light enough and you'll get interesting things just by the law of numbers at a certain point, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Light is important. It's how we see things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. I don't think I've got, I don't think I've got anything else. Anything else you want to touch on? Lighting is important. Lighting is, that's the key takeaway. Yeah. If you're listening to this and nothing else, lighting is, is, uh, important. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Truly. I think that's it. You want to wrap it? You have, you want to, you want to plug anything? I don't know. For all of the, all of the people this will reach. <laughs> yeah. No, not really. <laughs> Sick. I don't really have, no, no plugs on my end. Cool. Well, that is, uh, that is it then.